0: Welcome to the CND Podcast. I'm Naima Kalachand and I'm a clinical editor. Today, I'll be speaking to Amira Sheik. Amira is a clinical pharmacist who has recently started a new role at Health Education England as a regional facilitator, where her role involves integrating pre-registration pharmacists into general practice. Amira is also a senior teaching fellow at UCL. Today, I'll be speaking to Amira about her new role, and she'll tell me a bit more about the plans for integrating
1: pre-registration pharmacists into general practice. This is what she had to say. So I joined Health Education a couple of weeks back as a regional facilitator for their pre-registration training programme that they have for the London, Kent, Surrey and Sussex region. So the role of the regional facilitator really is divided between whether it's for hospital, community or general practice. So I'm involved for the time that pre-registers have in general practice. In terms of the main responsibility for me at the moment is looking after the students when they have their time in general practice during their pre-registration time. Whether they cover it within three months or six months, depending on how they split their role. Having contact with their pre-reg tutor and the student, making sure that they're up to speed with the training requirements. They're getting the most out of their time in general practice. And if worst case scenario, there are any issues, mediating and ensuring that kind of it's a smooth time for them. So that's kind of the main role that I have. I'm also working nationally as well, so across various teams. So we've got a team for the Early Careers Action, which is looking at how pharmacy now is going to be progressing from pre-registration to a foundation year and incorporating prescribing. So drawing on from the work that I do at the UCL on their prescribing course, offering support and kind of being part of that working group or providing kind of feedback and insight for the lead for that particular group, and also liaising with other members of the team who are involved in promoting the profession. So we've got a member of our team who's actually working on promotional material to raise awareness about the pharmacy profession and raise the profile and kind of explore the various routes you can take as a pharmacist once you qualify. So main responsibility as a regional facilitator but kind of having my hand in supporting various kind of projects across HEE. sounds like you're very busy and you've got a lot going on at once. (laughs) Yeah it is but it's it's very exciting because I think it's a really unbeknownst to me I kind of transitioned into the role just as the kind of whole profession was changing and its approach to education and training. So it's a challenging time given that it's during the pandemic but at the same time it's quite exciting to see how this will all come to fruition eventually and how the infrastructure is going to change and being part of that change is actually quite rewarding in a sense at the same time. And have you got any ideas of what those kind of changes will look like in the future? Obviously because health education has an an official statement in terms of what their position is on what they're going to do so I can't really comment on exactly what the role for HEE is going to look like. But we do know that the GPHC has produced kind of communication of what they would like the foundation training to look like. And we're working very hard to kind of see how HEE will be involved in kind of ensuring we follow the guidance that GPHC has presented so far. And eventually looking at liaising with academic institutions and things like that and stakeholders to see how we'll be able to deliver that
0: eventually did you have to do any particular training or extra courses before you could kind of you know step into your role
1: there wasn't any particular training it was just my background being a prescriber having worked in general practice currently working in academia kind of supported my ability I guess to have the necessary skill set to be able to bring to this role there wasn't anything specific Are you working with
0: other pharmacists or what does the team look like?
1: The entire team are all pharmacists, specifically the regional facilitators, but even my line managers are pharmacists. Do you have any kind of advice
0: that you could give to students who are kind of looking at this kind of future career within a GP practice?
1: Right now, because of the changing landscape, I would probably promote the fact that if they come to do their pre-reg training, depending on what the landscape looks like once, They go into whether it will be pre-reg or foundation year and how it will look in terms of choices for sectors. If there is a choice to choose general practice, then most certainly go into it. It's a very different way of working as a pharmacist within primary care. It's a good kind of environment to upskill yourself and have a very close relationship with your patients and your colleagues. So I would definitely promote going into general practice. And who knows, by the time foundation training comes along, it might be mandatory or it might be a choice. So kind of expect to have that exposure at some point during your career.
0: It's really interesting now that students do have that kind of opportunity, because whenever I qualified, that wasn't something that was even around then. So it's great that there's so much. opportunity.
1: Yeah, I think there might be opportunities if they have or if they're aware of any pharmacists that are working in general practice, if they can get student placements. Given the current climate, I don't know how feasible that is, but if they can at some point, if they're still very early on in their undergraduate programme, if that's an option for them to explore, because we always see going into community pharmacy or hospital, so that might be a way of gaining a flavour of what that sector looks like or looking at CCG and their management teams or at PCN level. Those are kind of the areas to get kind of get into to get an idea of what it might look like.
0: And can you see being even more collaborative working between general practice pharmacists
1: and community pharmacists? I hope so. I mean, the contracts that are coming out for general practice are definitely recognising the work that community pharmacists are doing and the role that they have to play in order to support the work that we have to do in primary care. So I do see, and I think given the pandemic's kind of effects and its kind of forcing Everybody to look at various sectors and various professions and how they can support community pharmacy is emerging, finally being recognised as one of the sectors that needs to kind of be involved.
0: Just mentioning the pandemic, how has the role of the general practice pharmacist changed or evolved in the last year?
1: So it was a big shift because there was a lot of direct patient facing work that we were involved with, especially for us who were running, say, for example, minor ailment clinics to support the day-to-day triage for our GPs so that kind of shifted from that to then kind of going remote working completely and learning a new skill of how to manage patients remotely became the emerging thing that we had to all learn very quickly so for myself, personally speaking, I was involved with triage in, in two of the practices that I was working in, and we used to kind of triage patients over the phone. So I had kind of a background of what to do with that. And then when we eventually shifted into complete telephone and video consultations, we had some level of exposure. But I know that there were other places where pharmacists may have struggled because of the shift of patient management. We all had to learn new ways of managing patients remotely. So, for example, doing asthma reviews via video consultation and relying very heavily on the patient's ability to be able to manage their condition with just verbal communication. So, initially, I think all of us had a lot of clinical apprehension about how they'll be able to manage. But I think what we found is a lot of our patients were very aware of what was going on and how to manage, and they were very concerned. So, it kind of also help to drive that person-centred approach that we're shifting towards in healthcare.
0: And do you think now that patients are now more familiar with this kind of consultation style, this might continue on post
1: the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, there was shifts before the pandemic in terms of telemedicine stuff was an emerging thing in primary care, certainly. We had things like Babylon and Echo as these kind of digital healthcare platforms that were emerging and now have kind of come to the forefront. And the majority of practices, certainly from my exposure and what I've heard from my colleagues, are now becoming more receptive to it because it is helping manage patients much more effectively, allowing them for better time management and kind of being able to focus on very complex cases. And I think it's also helping patients recognize the level of urgency or their own healthcare needs and how to manage them. And it's another way of kind of helping raise the profile for community pharmacies as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's been very apparent that pharmacy teams have kind of been at the forefront of the pandemic.
1: Yeah, I imagine that post COVID, the world for healthcare is going to be very much digitalized just because of the way this shift has enabled everybody to see things in a very different light that was already there previously. But there was hesitation because nobody had ever done it at such a large scale before.
0: It's been interesting and I guess people, like you said, there was hesitation, but you know, we had no other choice. So and it seems to have worked, which is good.
1: Change often comes like that, doesn't it? It's something that often has to be forced, especially at a large scale, for it to be implemented.
0: Your new role, are you enjoying it? What have been the challenges so far that you've come up against?
1: It's a big change of where I'm used to working in so kind of coming out of clinical practice completely for a few years has been a shift it's a nice change I think going from working in the background to support students guide them in the direction they'd like to go in for their future and being part of this huge change that's coming with the whole profession in terms of education and training so that aspect has been quite nice and very exciting I think in terms of the challenging aspect of it, because of the pandemic, the one thing is joining a team remotely is very odd. (laughs) You know, just kind of seeing people on Zoom and not being able to go into the office and kind of that social interaction element of it. And part of the role would have been to go directly into sites and actually meeting with the students face-to-face and their tutors and having to do all that remotely as well now. So I guess that would have been the most challenging and obviously being able to manage or support everybody during this time and coming up with new and innovative ways of training, given the current climate, managing anxieties. I think has been a, it's, it's a great challenge. That's not just with HE, that's just with, with, with UCL when we're doing our teaching as well.
0: Yeah, I do feel like the students are quite anxious at the minute.
1: Yes, and quite understandably. So I can appreciate it because of the work that I was in previously from making a complete shift. I can only imagine if you're trying to become a prescriber or advancing yourself in your career at this stage and the lack of emphasis now on education and training because everything is focused on one thing. So there is a level of clinical anxiety and professional anxiety that a lot of them feel.
0: Does Health Education England offer any other forms of support for students at the minute that are experiencing any anxiety or, or is there anything you would suggest?
1: Our role as facilitators would be to offer that kind of extra cushion of support for the students so they can always come to us if they've got any concerns regarding their pre-reg training. I am aware of other kind of support groups that have popped up for for students. So like, Pharmacist support was always there, but I think it's, it's playing a bigger role now, not just for students but for pharmacists in general and I know that students have kind of huddled and made their own made their own support groups for themselves and the RPS is running I mean it's outside of the OAD but RPS does have a mentoring service and students are encouraged to kind of find a mentee and kind of gain support from them.
0: Yeah it's definitely good to see that there's a bit more support out there available for students at this difficult time I guess.
1: Definitely I think there's quite a lot of Pharmacists that keep raising concerns, if there are any, with regards to any assessments or how the pre registration is doing, which kind of helps students have that level of support that they need at the moment in case they feel like their voices aren't being heard.
0: That was Amira Sheik, Regional Facilitator in London for Health Education England, where her role involves integrating pre registration pharmacists into general practice. In this podcast, Amira spoke to me about her new role at Health Education England and what this means for the future of general practice and pre-registration pharmacists. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to CND Podcasts on SoundCloud or your preferred app. Thank you for listening.